Welcome to the Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. This episode is sponsored by Rewe. Imagine if you could take a daily pulse of retail shoppers in every market in the world, hearing directly about the behaviors, views, and fears. What if you could hear from more than just your own consumers and shoppers and from people who didn't participate in your focus groups or your research panels? Rewe collects real-time data on consumers in every market in the world. You need to understand how people's behaviors are changing in today's challenging environment. Visit riwi.com, Rewi, to book a demo. In this episode, I welcome back to the podcast Nadia Vettelbaz, CFO and EVP Operations at Fire and Flower Cannabis, and discuss recent acquisitions, the expanding scale and scope of the business, and their built-in ability to react to the fast-moving retail landscape. We also talk about how the retail cannabis business is maturing and how an increasingly rich assortment of product is allowing retailers to focus and specialize. There are more and more product offerings, and the LPs are doing a great job these days about bringing um, new products to market. It changes uh, the field um, because while we all have access to the same products, it's important to remember that not all customers are the same. So the ability to understand that customer, you know, their buying preferences, their habits, um, and customize the assortment. Um, not only at a brand level, but I would say almost at a store level within the overall complement of the assortment is really important. Let's listen in now. Nanny, welcome back to the Voice of Retail podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well, Michael. How are you? Thanks for having I'm, me. Yeah, it's it's great to have you back on. As I said, uh, we spoke early uh, mid last year. Very popular episode, by the way. You're one of my top 10 episodes. So I'm thrilled to have you, you back on. And it, it's... Uh, you know, it's not la- not for lack of news. There's been a lot going on in your life and fire and flower and the industry. So I'm, I'm very excited to um, to catch up. But for those perhaps who uh, did not hear our first interview, could you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in retail and what you do at fire and flower? Sure. Um, so I am the CFO and executive vice president of operations at fire and flower. And you know, I've been there now. It's coming upon, I think we're almost at three years um, with the organization. It feels like 20, um, but in a very I was going to say three, three years in the canvas retail business is, uh, is not uh, three ordinary years, that's for sure. Yeah. No, it's interesting. You know, one day feels like four. And mm. um, it's interesting how, you know, working in cannabis has really kind of ramped up my, ramped up my level of productivity I always thought it was productive before, but this is this is taking it to a whole new level. That's for sure, Michael. Well, you know, one of the things we've talked about, and and I've had executive leaders um, describe to me how their wish is that they can continue to have their organizations be as be as agile, or need to frame them as more agile in the COVID and the post COVID world. And I think. It's, it's, I was reflecting that it's it, it really cannabis retailers have a bit of a leg up because you've had to be to survive, you've had to be agile. Other big companies, you know, you've worked for other big retailers. The focus is on planning and, 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 you know, month by month and to the nickel kind of forecast. Well, it's so difficult to plan these days. Organizations are having to pivot to become a focus on being more agile than planned out. You know what I mean? Is that, does that resonate with you at all? Oh, completely. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work at some really great retailers and, and I recall, um, my time at Canadian Tire, um, which, you know, who had moved to an agile methodology on the tech development side. And, you know, I, I'm thankful for that time every day. 
um, given that we're a tech-based um, retailer. So really having learned how to work in an agile environment and kind of agile on steroids in the cannabis space has really, I think, um, helped us tremendously. Well, I and and I interviewed. I had the great opportunity to interview um, Daryl Rigby, who wrote a book. One uh, I actually just nominated one of the top ten business books uh, of the year, uh, doing agile right. And he's a Bain and Company consultant, and he just talks about the the as you observed or participated in. It starts in IT, but then it becomes a very philosophical way of looking at operating the business, right? And and you, as steeped in in operations, must uh, must must welcome the opportunity and and you know leverage from it, right? I do. And, and, you know, it's that as we grow, it's interesting. We have 75 locations now, so we've grown pretty quickly. Yeah. And as you grow, you know, it's that balance between um, infrastructure and agility, um, process and, um, you know, the, the ability to support the customer in the way that they want to be supported. Um, it's that constant balancing that actually is quite exciting, but mm. is the challenge, you know, and, and mm. COVID just amped that up. Um significantly. Yeah. So, you know, developing that muscle, I think we're pretty strong at that at uh, in this company and we get better and better every day at it. Well, it's as you say, it's you don't want to be scrambling. You don't want people confused about what's happening, but at the same time you don't want to take uh, 6 to 8 months to, you know, to launch an initiative and by the time you Daryl made the point, you know, often these companies spend so much time and so many groups in this waterfall process structuring something different by the time it gets to the end product doesn't look like what the consumer wanted to begin with. So, um, you know, well, and you know, uh, I start a lot of our discussions, um, in the company, in the company with, okay, guys, you're in the, you know, you're in the, um, the spot of the customer. What do you need? What do you want? How do we service, how do we service our customer in the best way possible in a very challenging environment, not only from a pandemic perspective, from a marketing perspective, you know, from regulatory challenges. So, you know, if you, if, if you know, you have that North star all the time uh, and you're, you're able to be agile around that and move quickly. I mean, you're, you know, you're going to land in a pretty good spot and it's, it's the 80, 20 rule, you know, perfection is not what we strive for. We strive for great, but not perfection. Well, that's a good segue. Tell us, uh, tell the listeners about Fire and Flower. I mean, the uh, let's start at, at the basics, which is the kind of org structure, number of locations. You said you're up to 75, very impressive. Uh, and how would you describe yourself in, in the field of retail cannabis in Canada? Yeah, so I, I believe we're the largest, if if not one of the largest players uh, in retail cannabis in Canada. We we do have the 75 stores uh, with four retail brands. Um, we purchased um, a company by the name of Friendly Stranger Holdings, uh, which included um, three brands being Friendly Stranger, Happy Days, and Hotbox. So with those brands, uh, we are up to the 75 stores. Um, we're There's a cap in Ontario of 30 and we're currently at 25 in Ontario, and we expect to either meet the cap or be close to the cap in Ontario. You know, rapid growth for sure. I think our differentiator, and if, you know, when people ask me about Fire and Flower and sort of what's our what's our secret sauce, and, you know, we, we are a tech 2.0 retailer. Uh, we were built that way from the ground up. You know, there are probably a lot of retailers out there who, who understand how difficult it is when you are a call it an analog retailer, and you really try and get into things that are pertinent to the customer, like clienteling and, and really understanding your customer and servicing your customer, um, not just brick and mortar, but in many ways, in the ways that they want to be serviced. To do that um, 
after the fact is very difficult. And I, and I think that that's why we've been so successful in uh, particularly in the pandemic in, in terms of our agility. You know, we service our customers uh, via client telling, via kiosk. Um, we're a data-rich organization um, that provides customer, um, consumer, customer, and brand insights to third parties also who seek to create brands or understand the cannabis consumer in a more meaningful way. And this is sort of the, the wheel of, of um, improvement into the customer offering and experience as we develop um you know, cannabis retail in Canada and beyond the gates. Um, you know, I'm I, I'm particularly proud of the fact that that tech has really um, enabled us to get to a um, Spark Perks member, um, which is our customer engagement program base of 200,000 members. I mean, wow. we hit, we, yeah, we hit that a few That's days great. ago. And Congratulations. Those are, those are meaningful numbers um, <laughs> in, in the not only in the cannabis space, but in the retail environment, you know, a customer engagement program that gets up to 200,000 members and beyond is, is, is pretty pertinent. Yeah. Particularly, be, you know, you're, you're a, a category, you're not like a department store. I mean, when Ooh. I was at, when I was at Hudson's Bay and, and HBC rewards, which we, you know, was a malg of, of something new and, and Zeller's uh, club Z, we had 9 million, but we're a big department store, right? Selling a range of goods from Tide to Armani. Let's talk about the acquisition. You mentioned it, and let's let's just touch on that a little bit. So you, you picked up Friendly Stranger, and you've now got four banners under under the umbrella. Tell me about how you you think or were thinking. I mean, there's obviously advantages in scale and scope. So there's the kind of structural advantages. But from a brand perspective, each brand, I mean, Friendly Stranger comes with a, a fantastic, long, 20-plus-year pedigree in the cannabis space. Hot boxes, you know, this fun concepts or how do you meld those together and because you're effectively you're selling um the same thing or maybe you're not in terms of the assortment so walk me through a little bit of your thinking beyond just the scale opportunity into how you you think about uh, you and the team think about this it's it's important to to understand too i think that you know as we see consolidation in the cannabis retail space and we are seeing it um i think the third large one was announced a couple days ago it's important that that is um wise insofar as who you are as a retailer and how you intend to build your brand. And so the Friendly Stranger acquisition was interesting because when we looked at the various consumer segments out there, Friendly Stranger and its group of companies, they really serve customers that we weren't reaching. You know, it's an OG community out there, um, deeply connected to the brands, and those brands have been around for a while, each of the three. You know, Friendly Stranger is well known in the community for their longtime um, cannabis advocacy and their mm-hmm. range of, of really quality accessories. Um, Happy Days is also very interesting. Um, it operates in smaller communities and services both of the OG customer as well as other segments of the market. Um, and they primarily operate in sort of small, small suburban areas. And of course, everyone knows Hotbox. You know, this one was really interesting because there was essentially zero redundancy in our store portfolios. And, you know, th- these brands are, are in Ontario only. We, we started out uh, in the West. Um, so certainly our growth in Ontario um, was fast forwarded significantly with this acquisition. You know, or, and, organically, I think you were in Ottawa and Kingston, right? Before the acquisition. Is that, is that, that where you were? Yeah, that's correct. And we, mm. we, you know, we had five other locations um, in the queue, uh, but you know, friendly stranger, the friendly stranger group did a great job of, of really moving forward um, mm-hmm. their growth in Ontario. So that was a natural fit. And, you know, when there's zero redundancy in retail locations and, 
um, you know, from a footprint perspective, obviously, um, that there's a huge advantage to that because yeah. you're not dealing with, you know, redundant leases, which can be quite expensive to get out of. Yep. But really importantly, um, is they share the same service philosophy. You know, I often tell the story about, you know, while I was looking at the brand, I shopped most of their locations and their customer service was exceptional um, in every single location I went to, which is something Fire and Flower prides itself on, um, you know, the customer relationship. Uh, this is something that's in, in, in a, you know, in a company's DNA and it's difficult to integrate. And when we, st- you know, when you start from a great place, um, you know, you'll get, um, you'll get to um, the combined family much quicker. And, and certainly during the integration phase, um, we've now been in integration for about a month and a half. Um, this has proven out um, in so far as how quickly the teams have come together. Um, we really do share um, the same philosophy on customer service. And so we bring different elements to the table on, on how, you know, um, from the fire and flower side, we bring our tech. Um, from the friendly stranger side, they bring the OG community um, and, and, and a new group of uh, customers to us. And a, and a deep, as you said, a deep, deep uh, awareness, you know, built over 20 years of the accessory business, which doesn't come overnight, right? I mean, uh, you know, you can find a distributor and start carrying accessories, but it really is a, a almost, I, I would frame it as a, a sustainable competitive advantage. It's tough to, it's tough to build up 20 years of experience um, and pedigree in that space, right? I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we often talk, I mean, I think you, you, you talked about it earlier um, and you said like we all offer the same products because we all have to buy from the same, um, you know, regulator. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I would say is this, though, um, as there are more and more product offerings and the LPs are doing a great job these days about bringing um, new products to market, it changes uh, the field um, because while we all have access to the same products, it's important to remember that not all customers are the same. So the ability to understand that customer, you know, their buying preferences, their habits, um, and customize the assortment, um, not only at a brand level, but I would say almost at a store level within the overall complement of the assortment is really important as, as you know, uh, and especially as more competition comes in into the market. So doing that really well, you know, um, not only maximizes sales, but, you know, boring things like working capital management, right. how much you invest in inventory, how you keep your inventory fresh. Shrink. I mean, shrink, right? I mean, inventory <laughs> fresh in, in a literal, literally, right? I mean, you've, you've it, it gets, I think it feels like the industry gets to a place and is getting to a place. And again, thanks to the LPs and, and the distributors where you, you can start to make meaningful choices amongst the assortment that allow you to express your brand uh, and express the, the store. Is that, are you finding that? more and more each day and, and, and is that helpful uh, very very true we launched mm-hmm. um um by using our tech platform information we actually created uh, a customized merchandise planning um program mm-hmm. and we've rolled that out um systematically over um our portfolio and what's interesting on that is you know matching the preferences the behavior to how we in fact um purchase our product, when we purchase it, how we respond to changes. And certainly COVID um, has impacted that in terms of, you know, how consumers are buying. So the ability to react to that quickly and give customers, uh, you know, purchase the products that customers want and bring them to store 
um, or online curbside, et cetera, is important. Bringing that to friendly stranger, I think as well, will be particularly meaningful because they are great um, at customer service. I think optimizing the assortment within within that the those series of brands as well, I think will you know further drive the synergies among the organization. So pretty exciting stuff. And, and, you know, more, much more on the agenda to come. Well, I, I wanted to get to this. Uh, you recently made an announcement, uh, the organization made an announcement about uh, home delivery across a pretty vast range in Ontario. And, and it, it's clear that's predicated or based certainly on, on the great tech work you've done. But how, tell, me, give me that, tell me about it, first of all, this home delivery um, expansion. And, and how did you do it? I mean, the last mile is tough for everybody. Doesn't matter what you're selling. Like, how did you? How did it all get pulled together? Well, you know, fortunately, um, just just in the way the regulations um, uh, work, you know, you've got a service out of um, certain locations, and of course, adding the friendly stranger portfolio of brands has been helpful to that. And sort of, we have reach um, in. Uh, the north more so than we had um, between our own fire and flower stores that have come online and the fire, the friendly stranger group of, of stores, uh, including happy days to certainly help with that. Um, you know, it, it really is a symphony, right? When you have the ability to reach um, a large population and you have the tech quickly to deploy. I mean, we have, um, you know, we have over 20 um, developers in-house and our tech platform is our tech platform. We are not using a third party. You know, the ability to um, take that platform and um, augment it in a way to be able to service more people is, you know, has served us very well. I mean, we've seen it now three times in this pandemic. So this is just a third time on how we reach, um, you know, that customer base. We you know, since the pandemic started, we've added 140,000 members to our to our Spark Perks program. So wow. when you th- when you think about that, uh, we had 60 when the pandemic started. Now we've grown to over 200. Mm. So certainly, um, what's also important in that rapid growth, and as a retailer, you know, I, I'm sure you can commiserate on this. Um, you know, selling to people is one thing; servicing them is a completely different mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, when things don't work out well, a customer might not have gotten the product that they originally thought they would have. Um, you know, the ability to be able to um, service our customer um, via customer support center and all that entails um, so that the customer is happy uh, and, and feels good about their transaction with Fire and Flower in whatever way they did it is key. So between the tech side and I have a stellar uh, retail operations team. Uh, and a you know a marketing function that is also um, really fantastic. I mean, between the three uh, and more, mm. uh, so many parts of the organization because it really is. Um, a, sometimes I feel I'm a conductor. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, you're you're, you're more conductor. So I'm sure you feel more <laughs> like more conductor. Well, you mentioned customer satisfaction, so congratulations. I was watching the the announcement from the Leger Wow survey last Friday, and it was it was exciting to see your name on it. Tell me about. Uh, tell me about it. So you 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 made your brand made it onto a pretty prestigious ranking of uh, of customer experience. So t- talk about that. I have to tell you, I I mean I've seen our team pumped uh, in the past, but this one was really special. And it's you know it's a real honor uh, and a testament to our in shop teams 
as well as those who support them to be, you know, in the same class of, of people um, or retailers that, um, uh, you know, that, that have also, that were also mm-hmm. given the honor. We have a highly empathetic customer service oriented mindset. I mean, we really listen to our customers. So, um, you know, to be, to be um, honored and awarded for that or acknowledged for that um, really is um, quite satisfying. And I think particularly um, in a pandemic where people really look to, um, you know, really look to us to be there for them. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is, you know, this is, uh, I mean, it carried a lot of gravitas with us. So I I, I feel honored. And I mean, and thanks to the people at Leger for, for the honor. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's almost no thanks to them, so to speak, because they just ask people and the people just tell them, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's theirs to put it forward, but uh, it is really a popular vote. I think there's like 8,000 people vote. And I think you're one, if not the only cannabis retailer. I mean, there's uh, SAQ from Quebec, uh, LCBO in, in the kind of category of alcohol and, of course, lots of other different categories. So that's, that's wonderful. That's, that's fantastic. So congratulations again. Thank you. I wanted to touch on... Um, on your Kustard relationship, Kustard, of course, been in the news uh, this week. We're recording here late February, where they, or sorry, late January, where they were uh, knocking on the door of of uh, Carrefour in, in Quebec, and and they're one of those sleeping giants in terms of um, their size and scale. And there's a relationship with Fire and Flower. So can you can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, I think we're going into the second. Uh, we're in the second year of our relationship, and I mean, you know, Kustard really. Um, you know, I, I think if you would, you know, ask them directly, I think the 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 secret sauce that we have in terms of our tech, um, our tech mm. as well as our customer service, is is the reason that um, they um, decided to invest in us and partner with us going forward, and and that has proven out. We launched um, two locations. Uh, I believe since you and I last spoke, um, and these are test locations, and we call them our service model. Uh, you know, and I can't recall, Michael, if we we talked about our hub and spoke model, where our hub really is our experiential stores. Um, no. And, no, I don't think so. I don't oh, think we okay. About so, that. No. okay, so we 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 believe that you know there is a place um, in cannabis in the future for not only experiential stores, but really call it convenience or a service model where people can you know pick up their cannabis. Uh, in a quick and efficient way, yep. and um, you know, and and the launch of these two um, test locations with Kushtard in Circle K adjacent uh, small formats. So these locations are you know 600 square feet. Mm. Um, they have really been you know test uh, you know uh, tests for us to see you know how that particular consumer. Um, purchases, what their behaviors are and their, and their buying preferences are that are different from our experiential stores. And there are differences has been really, has been really interesting. And so, mm-hmm. so certainly, um, that has been a successful venture so far with, with Kushtard. We really appreciate Kushtard's, um, global, uh, presence. Right. Yeah. So at some point in time and hopefully in the near future, and I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, with the announcements recently um, and the the changes um, in the environment down uh, down south, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 fair to say that you know we will be in global. You know, we look to have a global presence and we'll expand in markets where we are legally permissible to do so. And their you know their retail footprint 
uh, across the globe is is impressive. It's it's, yeah, oh, it's massive. It's it, it really a sleeping giant. I'm not sure if that's because they play in the sea store space or if they're because they're based in in Quebec. I think it's a little bit of both. They're a little off, and I think purposely they're a little off the radar screen. Um, not so much this week, so it's great. Thanks for bringing us up to speed on that. Well, uh, last question for you. I guess you've kind of already started to answer it, which is which is what's next for Fire and Flower? You're you're bumping up against some provincial limits, at least in Ontario. Uh, you, you indicated some international uh, opportunities and expansions, but in in the near term, what uh, what's occupying your time? <laughs> so there's so many. What else, what else have you got on your plate? <laughs> what else you got? Come on, what else you got to do? <laughs> We will, you know, we will continue to aggressively grow in all markets in Canada uh, where we're allowed to do so. And we're always, uh, you know, we're always looking for opportunities uh, that way, both organically and, um, you know, via things like acquisition and partnerships, et cetera. So we'll continue to explore that. You know, the tech platform, um, you know, we have a pretty um, substantive roadmap to be able to deliver to our uh, both our retail customers and our commercial customers more insights and, and offerings uh, that will be very pertinent to, to support their growth and requirements. Um, our partnership with Kushtard is pretty exciting and, you know, um, you know, we look to we look to expand that hopefully in uh, both Canada and beyond other markets, as well as you know, I'm excited this year about really enhancing our private label offering. We launched a brand called Revity, um, uh, their CBD products in Saskatchewan, where you know you're able to buy directly um, from LPs. Uh, so we launched that brand, um, highly successful in in Saskatchewan, and we're really seeing that there is a, a place for private label. Uh, and control brands. So I'm excited this year to do more in that space. Uh, so I, you know, I would expect to see a little bit of, of uh, something from uh, us in that regard. All right. Well, uh, no shortage of things to do. It's uh, all of which is happening still within the framework of the COVID era. So, uh, but I, I can't think of many organizations better able to uh, to agile and shift and move the way you need to. So thanks for uh, joining me and, and bringing us up to speed. It's great to uh, touch base with you again and, and uh, uh, wish you continued success uh, for uh, for what you're building there. You and the team are building in Fire and Flower. And thanks for being on the Voice of Retail podcast. Thanks for having me, Michael. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of the Voice of Retail. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the latest episodes, industry news and insights. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating and review as it really helps us grow so that we continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn. Visit my website at meleblanc.co. Until next time, stay safe and have a great week.